I have not, I have not been asked uh, again. Uh, I want to repeat what I said earlier. We have top officials uh, from the OPP that were running the operation with conjunction with municipal uh, police agencies and uh, the RCMP. You know, our police did an incredible job. They, they were very peaceful. They moved forward. And I am so proud to stand here and back our police right across this country and right across this province. I'll always support our police. They're professional. They're polite. And they ended up getting the job uh, done. Except for in Ottawa, where they completely failed. Nonetheless, well, their leadership did. Uh, that is the premier being asked if he will testify at the inquiry. He was asked that last week. And he says, well, I wasn't asked. Uh, but that does not mean he cannot offer. And so Civil Liberties Group uh, put out a statement yesterday calling for Premier Ford and Sylvia Jones, who was then Solicitor General, that uh, they would want them to testify. And I certainly think that um, would be the smart thing to do because over the last few days there's been an awful lot of finger-pointing at the Premier blaming the province for not doing anything where you've got these conversations between the Prime Minister and Jim Watson uh, criticizing Ford for being missing in action. And, you know, this accusation that the Ford government uh, refused to send police officers in to help out when we also have testimony from the police saying, well, we weren't going to send cops into a situation that had no plan. So there's a lot of unknowns, a lot of gray area. And these groups say he should explain that. Alan Barman is a lawyer and special advisor to the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. Joining us now. Great to have you. Good morning, Alex. It's a pleasure to be here. What would, and, I, and I, I have to agree, I mean, strategically, I think it would be smart. I mean, unless he's got something to hide, there should be no reason that the premier does not testify. I got to be honest, I'm, I'm surprised he wasn't on the list. Yeah, it is surprising. And, and what's even more surprising is when you look at his federal counterparts, you look at Justin Trudeau, who's going to be appearing, who's made comments about waiving cabinet privilege over certain documents. You look at the Minister uh, for Public Safety, uh, Marco Mendicino. You look at the Minister mm -hmm. for Emergency Preparedness, Bill Blair. They're all testifying, as is Christia Friedland, uh, who is the Deputy Prime Minister at the time. It does seem like a notable omission for uh, Doug Ford, the Premier of Ontario, not to be uh, putting forth his name, frankly, to come forward and, and to explain the, uh, the reasons for which uh, he didn't want to be a part of this public inquiry. Ditto for Sylvia Jones, then Solicitor General. Yeah, I mean, they, they said that they have put in, you know, thousands of documents, which is great. But again, unless you test, um, which even in this proceeding, because it's an inquiry and not a criminal matter, I mean, that even there's not a lot of pushback. Um, it's more like a fact-finding mission. But there is enough that has been alleged against the province that it would be in his best interest, interest to explain, well, why didn't you put, you know, more resources there? Otherwise, it leaves us with this very big uh, void in in a he said they said finger pointing exercise that's right it's it's a major omission and and frankly we were hoping that uh, that the, the premier would do the right thing and step in as you pointed out this is a public inquiry we're trying to figure out what happened uh what led up to the decision on uh, february 14th to have the emergencies act invoked uh, for the first mm -hmm. time since it became a law in 1988 and how did Ontario, particularly uh, from the legal side, see its own declaration of emergency made on February 11th uh, interact with that, uh, with the federal decision on, on the 14th, just three days later? How does it all tie together? Uh, and unfortunately, uh, Mr. Ford and, and Madame Jones not coming forward to the inquiry 
uh, is going to lead to a further gray zone, which of course is is harmful, frankly, to our democratic process. When we think about just how serious these these decisions made uh, were. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the court of public opinion is going to decide if they support the powers or not. But, but the to your point, I mean, the, these are liberty; these are powers that took away every single Canadian's civil liberties. So it wasn't just Ottawa that it affected; um, it affected the whole country. And had it gone on longer, uh, people might have become aware that uh, you know that they were under the same kind of um, overreach that everybody in Ottawa was under. Of course, it ended very fast, and then uh, the war started. And I think a lot of people got distracted by that. Having said all that, given what we have heard, and we have heard a lot, I think, that's been very revealing this week, given it's all police officers and city officials. So you kind of get to see how the sausage was made. So it's not as emotional, let's say, than hearing from the Ottawa people, who I'm sure were under absolute uh, horrid conditions. But it's the decision makers and what they did or did not do. And it's very clear that there was absolutely no plan. And so it becomes a question on um, do these powers get enacted because those in charge don't do their job? Yeah, and that's the concern, frankly, that we've got with the decision on February 14th to invoke the Emergencies Act. Uh, as you pointed out, these act, this act and the, the regulations, the orders that were passed the following day uh, mm -hmm. with respect, first of all, to public gatherings and, and to support for the protests and also the emergency economic orders, uh, which imposed freezing orders and, and requirements upon Canadian financial institutions across the country, should not have been used to deal with local problems. Uh, at, if we want to go back and we think about the, the trucker protests, the, the convoys, we're talking about a series of local protests that, with one exception, the one in Ottawa, had basically wound down by the time, uh, by the, time the federal government invoked the Emergencies Act. We look at Coots. Uh, yeah. which was successfully addressed by, by local police services in Alberta uh, a number of days prior to. We also look at uh, the protests on the Ambassador Bridge, which were wound down three days before the feds made their decision to invoke the Emergencies Act. The question is, why did the, the federal government see the need to invoke this, this blockbuster legislation? The powers that it provides really are addressing sort of an Independence Day-type situation to deal with protests that were very much localized within uh, Ottawa at that point. Well, especially though, I think people forget, the Premier himself invoked his own Emergencies Act province-wide, and so why then wouldn't it have been, I mean, it, most people would look at this and say, well, the police already had the tools to do the job as they did with the, the bridges that you point out in the border crossing, uh, but the provincial emergency powers also should have given them enough extra power should they have needed it, and so why did we have to go to the federal power? And, and the other thing is, um, you know, we had a terror attack in Ottawa where a gunman killed a soldier and then ran into the building. No Emergencies Act were brought for that. And no Emergencies Act has ever been brought in for other civil uh, issues that we have dealt with, with mass protests, whether it was G20, whether it was the, the barriers, um, you know, the block blockades of the railway or Caledonia, which has still been dealing for 15 years with, with you know, nightmare kind of situations. And so what, would the provincial powers not have taken care of, of extra policing resources? Well, that's that's exactly it, and that's why it's disappointing that we're not having the premier or the uh, or the the solicitor general at the time, Sylvia Jones, come and speak to this, uh, mm -hmm. because you're I think you're you're really putting your finger on on the nerve of the question, which is why did the federal government intervene uh, and invoke national level legislation, emergency legislation, to deal with a very localized problem? As you've pointed out, we haven't had uh, declarations under the Emergencies Act for the Caledonia protests. We didn't have them for the G20 protests. We didn't have them uh, 
uh, for the terror attacks, which took place in, in 2014. Uh, why did we have uh, a declaration under this law made to deal with protests uh, that uh, in many cases were very disruptive, admittedly, to the population of Ottawa, but which in many cases were localized to uh, a few hundred square meters in many cases? Why invoke a Canada-wide piece of legislation to deal with this hyper-local problem? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think the also very key um, learning this week that uh, that from intelligence, they knew that they were going to stay, but there haven't found that there were extremists and or actual threats. I mean, there were isolated threats, but you'll get that at any protest. But they, they haven't been able to circle in and say, well, yes, we had a national security threat. We saw, um, you know, extremists taking over. We haven't gotten that. And so, again, that's a big part of the justification for using this this act is that there had to be a security threat uh, that risked the nation or stopped a government from from controlling situations that has not come up and I, so what to what to you alan was the most problematic uh, thing that you have heard i guess this week well i the most problematic element um is is really the the failure on the part of certain officials within the ottawa police service to properly respond to this crisis or to the crisis mm -hmm. that they were confronted with uh, which then led into and, and fed into uh, this, what we have to look at right now is being right. very much a knee-jerk reaction on the, on the part of the federal government to invoke this Canada-wide legislation. Uh, the way our constitution is set up, it, the federal government is not there to come in and invoke emergency powers if there's a failure on the part of a local, uh, and in many cases, municipal uh, agency to deal with problems. Uh, much of the rhetoric that we heard in February is, was quite overheated, uh, particularly reference to a, a city councillor, I won't name her by name, who said that Ottawa was under siege and that there was a nationwide insurrection. That's not true. That was no, absolutely not the case. In many cases, in, in fact, all cases that we can think of, uh, with the exception of Ottawa, protests were very peaceful. And in the cases where they weren't, where there were extremist elements, for example, in Coots, Alberta, uh, the local police services were more than capable of handling the, those, those elements, the, the violent or the extremist elements, with the powers that they had already vested in them. Yeah. Nonetheless, it's been fascinating. And, of course, uh, we don't get to the really juicy stuff, certainly until Peter slowly takes a stand and those liberal MPs who are the big uh, talkers, but they don't go till the end, of course, of um, this inquiry. Very much appreciate it. I know you guys are watching this very closely, so thanks a lot. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You as well. That is Alain Bartleman, who is with the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. They are one of many, many groups watching this very, very closely. Because, again, you got to park whether you like this thing or not. That's not what the decision is about. It's not about whether they were mean to the people of Ottawa, whether you thought they were obnoxious. You can think all that. Was it a national security risk to the entire country? I haven't heard it yet.